Hello and welcome to the Next Stage podcast by WebSummit, taking you inside the minds of business leaders and cultural icons from around the world. Great to be here and it's great to have Collision in Toronto with so welcome many to entrepreneurs. Welcome Toronto, everyone. It's also a truly honor to sit next to our Prime Minister here. I'm very looking forward to our conversation today and um, as the founder and CEO of Broadband TV who has uh, built a global uh, leader uh, out of Canada. We had our successes and challenges over the last 14 years and um, I would say one of the uh, biggest challenges that we face, and I'm sure many of the leaders, Canadian leaders, probably would share this with us, is access to talent. So I would actually love uh, to hear your thoughts, Prime Minister, in terms of what are your plans in investing in our local talent and increasing the STEAM seats across universities and colleges so we actually kind of really uh, see greater success across Canada, not just the tech industry, but as a whole across all industries. Well, there's no question that as the world is changing to being more of a knowledge economy, more tech, more innovative, uh, access to talent is going to be at the core of success for businesses, for economies, for entire countries. And that's why Canada, uh, even though we've been a country that has always had great natural resources and we will continue to, we've always layered onto them innovation and talent on top of it. But that's really come to a head recently as uh, we've determined that the Canadian advantage is in providing extraordinarily well-educated, hard-working, forward-thinking, creative, ambitious uh, Canadians to be part of the global economy. So access to talent obviously uh, comes from immigration and it comes uh, from training up and educating Canadians right. First of all, on immigration, we've seen we're at a time right now where uh, big countries around the world are closing themselves off a little more to immigration at a time where Canada is realizing that we need to stay open, we need to make sure we're drawing in the best and the brightest from all around the world. So one of the things we did was bring in a global skills strategy. So at the same time as the United States, to give a direct contrast, has made it more difficult to bring in global talent uh, into your businesses, into your companies, We've said, well, you know what? If you're bringing in global talent, you're also creating jobs and opportunities for Canadians. So the, glo the global skills strategy gives you two weeks. It'll take two weeks to bring in top talent from around the world in uh, particular industries. So we know that bringing in great, great immigration from around the world is a big piece of it. But the flip side of it is making sure uh, that we're giving the right opportunities to Canadians. Uh, investing in research and innovation, uh, boosting post-secondary education, making sure there are more coding programs for elementary and high school kids, making sure that we're ensuring that Canadians see a path for them in the technologi technological, the disrupted future we're part of. So you touched on global talent stream, and I would say that as a company, 50% of my leadership team, including myself, we are immigrant, first-generation immigrants. And immigration pl plays a very important role when it comes to you know, growing the tech sector. Um, but at the same time, you know, speaking of global talent stream, it's a great program, but the categories of occupation is very limited. It's not as broad. 
And um, you know, when you're looking at LMIA and other programs, the, pro the, the, the process time, ease of entry, and the relevancy of the categorization is not there. And I would love to know what are the steps that we're taking to make sure the same acceleration and process time that we see with the global talent stream, we can see it across you know, uh, all the application programs that are out there. Well, the, the global talent program is a small and targeted program for very specific industries. But on top of that, we also take in more immigrants per capita than just about any other Western country in the world. Uh, we take in about 350,000 immigrants a year, uh, knowing uh, that drawing in people from around the world who want to build their communities, uh, build a better life for themselves, build opportunities for their kids is a key way uh, to grow. Now, we're always looking at uh, ways of facilitating uh, growing our communities, growing our companies, growing our, our workforce. Uh, we're going to always make sure we're doing it in the right way, though. I mean, we need to make sure that we're drawing in people who are going to be able to contribute and grow, uh, and that at the same time, we keep one thing that's really, really precious and unfortunately a little bit rare right now uh, around the world. Canadians remain positive about immigration. As we see anxieties and worries and people closing in around the world, Canadians know that we get more resilient communities, we get better solutions, we get better innovation when we bring in people from all around the world. That's why uh, we are doing well at a time even of anxiety. Uh, we've seen the Canadian economy flourish over these past years. We've seen Canadians' confidence increase in their own future. We've seen the lowest unemployment in 40 years, as you've pointed out. We've added a million jobs to the economy. And the way we've done that is because we've made sure that there is a clear message, that there is room for everyone to succeed, and there are investments that make sure that everyone has a path to success. It's when you start seeing those digital divides of people excluded that we get into troubles as communities and as, uh, as societies. Um, I think looking at, speaking of, I think that's fantastic. I think speaking of talent, uh, from my experience, talent wants to live in clean, green, and affordable cities. And I would love to know, what are your plans in terms of having the federal government play a more of an active role in making our cities more affordable for the younger tech workforce? Yeah, that's a, a great question. It reminds me of when I was just starting out as a politician. I went to visit Kitchener-Waterloo's Communitech, which is a great incubator, uh, a great place that is getting all sorts of startups. And I was talking to all the various tech companies. What is it that a future federal government led by me could do to help you out? What is it that you really need from the federal government? I'm expecting you know, tax credits or research grants or, or immigration stuff, and yes, those came. But the number one thing they said, we need infrastructure. We need a fast train from Kitchener-Waterloo to Toronto. We need to make sure we're investing in connecting people with bricks and mortar so that uh, they can flourish in ecosystems that are creating, uh, creating the kind of solutions we need. So I said, okay. Um, one of the things we did when we took office but four years ago was put forward the largest infrastructure investment plan in Canada's history, about $180 billion over the next 10 years that involves uh, yeah, high-speed, uh, uh, high-frequency rail. It involves things uh, like, uh, like public transit, investment in community infrastructure, green infrastructure, rebuilding and strengthening our cities and our communities right across the country. 
we see an issue where it's harder and harder for millennials to actually be able to buy their first homes. Uh, and they're delaying their entrance into sort of the home ownership equity building phase of their lives. And that's something that we tangibly wanted to turn around. So we created something called the First Time Home Buyers Incentive, which basically is a no fee, no interest mortgage. It's going to reduce uh, people's first uh, home purchase mortgage payments uh, by hundreds of dollars a month. So there's tangible things we're doing to make cities more livable. On top of that, we've done things like Smart Cities Challenge to try and spur innovation. And we're investing in the kind of social innovation infrastructure, things like a Canada Child Benefit, things like increasing seniors benefits, uh, Canada Workers Benefit, Canada Training Benefits, the kinds of things that are going to allow people to actually feel like there is room for them to succeed in our communities, in our cities, while we're building a better future. Uh, knowing that our industry is growing faster, creating more jobs, um, how can we uh, have the federal government providing similar benefits and advantages uh, to the tech uh, community? Uh, the fact is no government has ever invested as much in the tech sector, in innovation, in research, as this government over the past four years, because we know it is an essential path to the future. Uh, whether it's uh, having invested uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in, uh, in venture capital uh, you know, frameworks, whether it's making sure that we're investing in research and fundamental science, uh, in things like AI, uh, we did about $125 million direct for AI right across the country. Uh, we've created super clusters, which are hundreds of millions of dollars. We know that investing in universities, in research, in innovation, in training are the kinds of things that are going to give us the best returns in the future. So those are investments that we've made and we will continue to make because we have seen uh, a lot of actually, I mean, we've spent a lot of time trying to compete uh, with Silicon Valley or watching you know, Canadian innovators head down to the Bay Area to try and succeed. And what we've seen over the past few years is increasingly people are coming back for the quality of life, for the stability, for the access to global talent through our immigration, uh, through uh, the livable cities, through all the different things we're doing. Plus, a lot of people are bringing a lot of capital back with them uh, from Silicon Valley because people are realizing there are a lot of amazing opportunities to invest here in Canada. I want to ask you this question. What is your elevator pitch for companies that want to grow their business out of Canada? Why should they choose Canada? Uh, access to global markets through our free trade deals. Uh, access to incredible talent through uh, our great education system and our immigration system. Uh, strong, resilient communities that embrace within them the diversity of the entire world that understands how to be part of global markets, global supply chains, a quality of life that is based on, uh, on, on being there for our neighbors and leaning on each other. Something about the winters here makes us understand we have to lean on each other to make it through them. Uh, but more than that, we understand uh, that you know, standing up for each other's rights and creating strong societies doesn't need uh, politics of division and attack, can bring people together. This is a good place to set down roots. This is a good place to build a company. It's a good place to build a future. We've got socioeconomic, uh, fiscal, banking, uh, legal stability uh, that is you know, world class. Uh, and uh, we're a country qui le fait dans les deux langues en plus, donc on a l'accès à la planète en français et en anglais. We have access to the planet in French and English.
Now, closing the gender pay gap will contribute 28 trillion to global GDP, which is a 26% increase. In Canada, that will have a $150 billion impact by 2026. And I would actually like to ask the leaders in this room that don't actually practice uh, gender pay and that don't have a 0% gender pay gap to really think about why that is the case and do something about it today. That said, You are a thought leader. You're a global leader on this issue. Canada is a global leader on this issue. But it seems that it's taking too long for us to really experience significant improvements. What does it take to have men and women get paid equally in Canada? And how can we accelerate the process? We, we are seeing significant improvements, but you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where uh, uh, even, even with all the work we've done over the past few years, uh, the pay equity gap in Canada is, is larger than some, some countries. You wouldn't think we'd have larger gaps then. That's why we're working on closing it. Uh, we moving, we're moving forward with a proactive pay equity regime uh, that is going to transform that in a, in a very active way that, that we're very excited about, but that's something we moved forward with just last year. We also know that making sure there are opportunities for women uh, in all levels, uh, including in the C-suite, uh, is essential if you want to succeed. It's not just a moral right thing to do, We've now seen it's the smart thing to do. We know that diversity and resilience go together. We know that having uh, 40, 50, 60 percent women on your board, in your organization, leads to better outcomes. And increasingly, companies are understanding that and moving forward in a very aggressive way. Uh, we've put in specific uh, investments uh, for women entrepreneurs. Uh, part of the VC funding goes specifically towards uh, access to capital for women startups, for women-led startups and companies. We know that that's one of the easy ways to massively boost our output. We know that empowering women to succeed makes it better for everyone. That's why Canada's going to keep doing it. So I know that we don't have much time left. I wanted to finish the conversation by talking about digital trust. I know that you were in Paris last week and you met with other global leaders alongside head of tech companies. So what do you think is the role of the government and the tech community in working together to keep our citizens safe around the globe? I think you've just highlighted. I think it's all about working together. I mean, yes, governments can lay out guidelines and recommendations and indeed penalties if we have to, but we'd much rather be able to work with tech companies, we'd much rather be able to work with platforms to make sure citizens are safe, to make sure their data is safe, make sure that the kind of uh, online uh, aggression, uh, terrorism, uh, disinformation, nastiness that you wouldn't allow in a public space, you wouldn't allow in a, in a real space, shouldn't be happening when people spend so much more time in virtual spaces. Now, we all know we need to protect freedom of speech, we need to make sure we're protecting people's rights, but we always have to find that balance. We always have to make sure we're protecting rights and keeping people safe at the same time. People know that they have a tremendous amount of data that's vulnerable out there. People know uh, that their kids are exposed to God knows what on the internet. They need to know that they have partners out there in governments, sure, but also within the platforms and the tech companies as well that are thinking about how we create a safe 
and flourishing and growing society. We need to leave room for innovation. We need to leave room for challenging disruptions. But we have to make sure at the same time that we're keeping people safe. And the only way we're going to do that is by having frank and open conversations with uh, the big platforms, with the tech companies, with all of you about how we're going to ensure that the way we move forward into this brave new world of technology and solutions um, is a way that keeps people safe as we move forward. I'm excited about having these conversations. I've launched some great conversations with uh, a number of big uh, tech leaders, uh, and I know that all of us want to be part of building a better future. That's why we're here. We just have to think about all the different aspects of that better future, and that's something that Canada is going to lead in as well. So we just ran out of time, but I wanted to see if you have any additional thoughts or comments. We covered a range of topics, and it's been great to hear your thoughts on all these topics. Do you think we left anything out? I'm, I'm just really excited to welcome you all to Toronto, to Canada, uh, tell you you're going to have uh, a great few days. I challenge you to think big, uh, to challenge each other, but also think about the kind of communities and the kind of world that you're going to be building with the technologies that you're leading. And as you do that, as you lead your way forward, as you create tremendous success for you and your companies, try and think about how you're making sure to bring along the rest of society with you. Because if we don't succeed together, uh, we're all going to fail separately. Thank you so much, Prime Minister. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out websummit.com.